Let's jump into the book of Galatians. Um, Paul is writing here in Galatians, and Paul is writing this with a couple things in mind, but two very key things. Uh, one is he is refuting the Judaizers, as they are known. Basically, what a Judaizer is, it is a Jew that was trying to get a Gentile believer to follow the Jewish customs, but to follow them to earn salvation. What the Jewish believers were doing were trying to cause the Gentile believers to follow their Jewish customs in order to earn salvation, that they could not receive salvation. They were not considered a follower of Jesus Christ, one that was born into the kingdom of God unless they followed the Jewish customs. Well, Paul wrote to the Galatians saying that this is not right. And he really brings that out in this book. It also brings some understanding and clarity to everyone that this is about faith, that we are saved by grace, that it takes faith in Jesus Christ. It is faith once we believe in him and believe on him that came and died for our sins. That is what draws us to him. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So it is important uh, for us to see, and as we dive into the book of Galatians today, uh, we'll try to get through as much as we can. But we see here where Paul is writing to the church trying to get the people to understand that you cannot put legalism on faith. And that's what the Jewish believers at this time were doing to the Gentile believers. They were trying to legalize salvation. And we must understand if anyone tries to put any type of legalization or any type of rules on the gospel of Jesus Christ to acquire, to be a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ or to earn salvation, Paul says that it's false doctrine. That's what he says. We will see that here in the book of Galatians where Paul calls it false doctrine any time that you try to legalize this gospel and this good news of Jesus Christ. You know, we must be careful with that. We must be careful how we go about trying to tell people what it takes to be born again and what it takes uh, to receive salvation. We must stick to the principles and must stick to the doctrine of the word. We must stick to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot allow ourselves to put our own convictions upon other people and our own convictions on other believers. See, the Jews, it was so indoctrinated in them when it came to the laws and to the commandments of Jesus Christ in order to be a follower of him is so put in them that they were trying to put these things onto the other Gentile believers that were not Jews. The Bible says in Galatians 1 verse number 6, it says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. Notice the wording, the language here of the Bible. It says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into grace. It is interesting here that Paul is speaking to them directly, saying that you have removed yourself from the grace of Christ, saying that you have been removed unto another gospel. If you're not allowing the gospel to be preached of grace, the grace of Christ, and you're allowing yourself to legalize the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul says it's another gospel. 
And notice that he says here in verse number six, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace. See, once you remove yourself from Jesus, once you remove yourself from him, well, how do you get removed from him? You get yourself removed by lack of prayer, lack of reading his word, lack of fasting, lack of the assembling of ourselves together. See, when you do those things, you are removing yourself from him. And that's how you can become legalistic. And that's how you can become to where you're checking a box and you become only religious and you don't have a relationship. The only way that you have a relationship is through grace. The only way that we have a relationship is through God's mercy. That's how we have a relationship. He calls us. See, we loved him because he first loved us. That's his mercy. That's his grace. It's not because you do certain things so well. It's not because of what family you belong to. It's not because of who you know. No, it's because of God's grace and his mercy. That's how. It is important because Paul says, excuse me, Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, verse number seven, but there be some that trouble you. See, they were allowing other people to convince them and to try to pull them away from the grace of God. See, we must understand that the Galatians here, the people here in Galatia were, were mostly Greek people. They were mostly non-Jewish people. Most of the believers were Greeks. Most of the believers were non-Jews. And so now here are some of the Jews trying to say, no, that you must be circumcised, that you must do these certain things in order to be a part of the, this gospel truth. And they were bothered by this, okay? It was bothering the believers at a time, and it was causing disunity. See, that's the thing. When you begin to legalize things and when you begin to pass your own convictions onto people, then there's nothing wrong with convic convictions, but those convictions are between you and God. Are you hearing me, church? Those convictions are based on your relationship with him. See, who I was five years ago is who I, I, I'm not that person today, but my faith has grown. My relationship with Jesus Christ has grown. Therefore, some of the boundaries that I set for myself many years ago, those boundaries have altered because it's based on my relationship with him. You should continue to grow in this grace. You should continue to grow in the gospel of Jesus Christ, but not everybody grows at the same level. And that's what Paul is trying to get the people to understand. Don't be pushing your gospel. Don't be pushing what you consider gospel onto other people. Just because I look a certain way, dress a certain way, that doesn't mean I'm going to push that off onto someone else unless it's doctrine. And doctrine is his word. If it's not in this book, if it's not strictly from the word of God, then don't try to make it doctrine. But too many people try to make their convictions doctrine, and that's not so. That's why Paul said in verse number seven, which is not another, but there be some, of, some that trouble you and would pervert, you see the language of the Bible here, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But he says in verse number eight, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which, which, excuse me, which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul repeats it in verse number nine. He says, and we said before, so say I now again. 
If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. So Paul is letting us know with very strong words here that there's only one gospel, there's only one truth, and you cannot add to or take away from that gospel truth. I want to encourage someone out there that may be listening to other people or you may be listening to even preachers and teachers out there that's giving you their opinion and they're not bagging it up with Bible. If you have a preacher or a teacher that's telling you anything and they cannot back it up with scripture, I challenge you to make them show you in Bible what they're saying. Make them show you in the word why they believe what they believe. Because either it's in the word or it's your opinion. And I'm telling you right now, it is my responsibility not to preach my opinion. It's every preacher that calls himself called of Jesus Christ. You can't preach your opinion. That's legalism. But we must preach the word of God. And that is what Paul was fighting up against. That is what was going on, and that's what Paul was refuting. You cannot preach your opinion. It must be this gospel message. And he said, if anybody else starts preaching their opinion, they're accursed. They are cursed. So verse number 10 says, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I don't do what I do to please men. I don't make decisions to please men. If I was making decisions to please men, I wouldn't even know who I was. <laughs> because I'll be changing things and, and have such a confused mind, I wouldn't know what to do. But my job is to please the Savior. My, my job is to please Jesus Christ. My job is to please the one that called me to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is my job. That is a preacher's job. Not to please man, but to please God. And if you please God, God will give you favor with man. And he'll give you favor with the right man. The ones that love you and the ones that hate you. <laughs> Praise God. So for do now I, excuse me, for do I now persuade men or God, Paul was getting them to understand. For verse number 11 says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which I preached of me is not after man. For I, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everyone today, everyone today ought to pray, God, give me revelation. Help me, Lord. Give me revelation of Jesus Christ. Give me revelation of who you are. Give me revelation of what you are calling for me to do. Because there's going to be some things that you're not going to understand unless it comes by revelation. Some people wonder why they cannot understand God's word and they have trouble understanding God's word. That's why it's important to have a preacher in your life. That's why it's important to have a pastor in your life. But that pastor must also have revelation. That pastor must have understanding. You have a pastor or a preacher that's trying to convince you and tell you that there's two gods or three gods, they don't have revelation. Because when you read this book, Genesis to Revelation, you're going to come out with one God. You read this book from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to come out with one Lord, you're going to come out with one faith, you're going to come out with one baptism. If they're preaching or teaching any other gospel other than that gospel that Paul's talking about here, they're adding or taking away, and they're putting their opinion, and the Bible says they should be accursed. 
So it's important to have revelation. It's important for you, each and every individual, to have revelation. That's why when you read God's word, God, give me revelation. And that's what Paul here was speaking of. Let's go to verse number 19 in Galatians. It says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. This is Paul speaking. And abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now the other things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards, I came unto the regions of Syria and Sicilia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorify God in me. See, when you get God in you, when there's a change in your life, people won't even recognize you even though you're in their presence. <laughs> That's what Paul was saying here. They didn't even recognize him. They heard about him. Didn't even recognize him who he was. Why? Because there should be a change in your life. And when God starts to change you on the inside, there will be a change on the outside. Don't even recognize him. But once they knew and seen that it was him, they knew there was a difference in his life and they glorified the God that was in him. And see, when you have God in you, when you magnify the Lord, when you give him the credit, see, no one else should get the glory but him. The Bible says in Chapter number two in Galatians, then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also, I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel. So now here Paul is saying that the Lord began to deal with him and the Lord took him to speak to other believers. It says, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation. So he began to communicate with different believers, those that had respect, those of reputation, the scripture says, so that there was clear communication. See, clear communication is good. It's good to have good communication because it clears the air. It's good to commune with people or, or have advisors in your life, people that you can commune with and talk with about the scriptures and illuminate the scriptures because the Bible says in one verse of scripture, iron sharpens iron. It says, lest by any means I should run or had ran the things I've already been doing in vain. So he was wanting to make sure the things that he has been doing, the things that he's going to be doing, there's clear communication, there's no disruption, there's no disunity, there's no friction. You know that's what's trying to take place in the world today? Disunity, friction. There's things happening in our day that, and, and trust me, it's trying to creep into the church to where we're trying to be disunified, where one people are believing one thing, another people are saying uh, another thing. But see, we must not allow that spirit to get a hold of us. We must not allow ourselves to, to continue to talk about individuals or people or leadership or whatever the case may be. No, but we must support our leadership. We must support our church. We must pray for our leadership. We must pray for our church. We must be unified. Because we cannot allow the spirit that is trying to attack the world and try to cause so much division and disunity, inequality, to where when we come into the household of God, we see one race, one mankind. The Bible says that he made man and woman, created he them in his image after his likeness. He created one race. Hallelujah. 
even at the Tower of Babel. I'm getting away from my notes. We're not going to get too far in Galatians. Even at the Tower of Babel, there's still one race. There was this diversity of tongues. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I wish I had the time to talk about that. He diversified their tongue. There's still one race. It's the human race. It was mankind. It was their diversity of tongue that caused them to split up and go in different ways because they were building the Tower of Babel with the wrong intent, with the wrong mindset. They were doing it in rebellion and not with the will and perfect will and understanding of God and what he intended them to do. See, when we, when we do things with rebellion, when we do things with our own intent and not to glorify God, that's when confusion happens. That's when diversity of tongues happen. We can all be speaking English, but we're all speaking different languages. We're all speaking differently because I speak this way, you speak that way, you believe this way, you believe that way. And see, we're all speaking the same language, but it's diversity of tongues. And we're not being unified as one body. Church, believers everywhere, trust me, we must be one body. With Jesus Christ being the head, we are the body. The scripture says in Romans 12, verse number 5, we are many members but one body. So it's important that we be unified. And that's what Paul is fighting here. That's what he's refuting here. For the scripture says in chapter number two, and let's continue to read here, in verse number three, it says, but neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares, brought in and came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ. So here are some people that came in because now here's Titus being a Greek, not a Jew. He didn't feel like he had to be circumcised. And that's what's what's going on right now, is that these Jews were trying to get the Gentiles to be circumcised. They were trying to get them to follow the customs and the ways of the Jews or that they could not be accepted. And Paul was saying that is not right. That is not right. You're allowing what you believe in your customs to be put off on non-Jews. You're you're adding to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying that is a false doctrine. Anytime you try to add a custom or your own conviction into the gospel of Jesus Christ. Titus said, I didn't feel compelled to be circumcised. Why do I need this when I'm saved by grace? Remember, Paul is talking to a church that has been baptized, that's been filled with the Holy Ghost. This is a church that has been born of water and of spirit, but they were trying to add to the gospel. The Bible says in verse number four, Paul calls them false brethren, and they came in privately to spy out what was going on. And the scripture says our liberty, this is our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us, look, the scripture says, into bondage. They were trying to put them back under the law. See, we must understand is that if we just had a checkbox to go by, we only had to follow the law. See, the the law does not bring justification. The law does not bring salvation. The law only allowed us to see that we needed a savior. The law only brought us to repentance to understand we needed Jesus to die on that cross. We needed him to die on that cross. If he didn't die on that cross, uh, the, the law could not save us because it only illuminated the fact that we need a savior in our life. 
And because that we needed a Savior, Jesus came. He died for our sins. He came that they may be washed away, that we may be cleansed under the blood. He rose again in newness of life so that we may rise with him in newness of life. That's why, we're That's why we must repent. We must repent because we know that we're sinners and that we need a Savior. We need forgiveness. We get baptized because we need those sins cleansed. We need them washed away. We receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because that's the newness of life that helps us so that we don't go back to our old ways. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. That's why the scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The greater that's in you, it's, no, it's not you. No, there's nothing great about us, but the greatness is in the God that dwells in us. That's why we quote that scripture so often. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. The Bible says, and it goes on to say, uh, but let's drop down to uh, verse number, verse number eight, or excuse me, verse number nine. It says, and when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen, the heathen being the Gentiles, and they unto the circumcision, circumcision being the Jews. Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I would stood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Paul here brings out a very good point was that Peter was the one that was really causing a lot of the confusion and division, especially with the Jews, because Peter was the one that was really trying to indoctrinate the Jews, saying that if you were a non-Jew believer, that you must abide by the Jewish customs. So the Bible says that Paul went to Peter, listen, to the face. Now, this is very important here because we must understand as believers in order to have perfect unity and harmony and don't allow the enemy to try to taint us and to try to cause division. That when we have an issue with a brother or a sister, we must go directly to them. We must be careful about the things that we do or say behind people's back. We must be careful how we talk about our brothers and sisters and our home. We should not have mothers and fathers talking about our brothers and sisters around their children. We should not have brothers and sisters, husbands and wives talking to other husbands and wives about people in the church. We shouldn't have those things. If we have issues with our brothers and sisters, we should go to them. We should talk with them. If you don't feel comfortable talking with our brothers and sisters, get your leadership involved. Go to your pastor. You should go to your pastor and say, hey, this is the situation. This is the issue. Could you please help us with this? Allow your pastor to be the mediator. Allow your leadership to be a mediator. But you should not go to different ones and other people in the church to handle matters that you should be able and mature enough in the Holy Ghost to handle matters to the face. We see here that Paul had a problem. Paul had an issue with Peter. Paul was upset with Peter because he was trying to legalize the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul didn't go around and talk to other people, but Paul said he went to Peter and he withstood him to the face. 
So the Bible lets us know in verse number 14, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, if thou being a Jew livest after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? They're not expecting you to live on, according to the standard of the Gentiles. Why are you trying to make them live up to the standards of the Jews? It says in verse 15, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the, uh, of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You cannot be justified by the law. So why are we trying to require people to uphold the law in order to be justified when we are justified by the grace of God? <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful that I don't have to be justified by man. But when God justifies me, Thank you, Jesus. When he justifies you, you don't have to show yourself approved unto man. The word says, study to show thyself approved unto him. It does not say study to show thyself approved unto man. But you study his word to show thyself approved unto him. You don't have to prove yourself to man. The only thing we have to prove ourselves to is God. That's why when Nicodemus came to him that night, Rabbi, Master, Jesus immediately let him know, Nicodemus, you must be born again of water and of spirit. This is how you are justified. You must be born again. That which is flesh is flesh, but that which is spirit is spirit. There is a born again process to this justification. And once you are born again, once you have that newness of life, there is a new walk. There is a new way. The Bible says old things pass away. All things become new. There's a process to this newness of life. But you don't have to walk throughout your life. You don't have to go throughout your day trying to prove yourself to man, trying to prove yourself to a mother or father, a sister or brother in the church. But what I do is I study to show myself approved to him. You must study your word. You must know your word. Allow God to bring you revelation of his word. Don't allow yourself to be legalized into traditions of men. Don't stay in a church that is trying to legalize you into heaven. That is not the word. That is not doctrine. They're trying to tell you you have to do this, this, and this in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. That's not the word. That's not doctrine. They're legalizing faith. I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, listen to this preacher. Jesus came and died for your sins. Jesus rose again in newness of life. Jesus, his death, burial, and his resurrection, that is the pattern of this true gospel. We must die out to sin. We must repent. We must be buried in him in baptism. We rise again in newness of life with the infilling of his spirit. That's what Jesus is calling for. 
That's what he's asking for out of all of us. Why? Not so that we have a religion relation, uh, a walk with him, but that we have a relationship walk with him. There is a big difference between religion and a relationship. I don't have religion based off of what someone told me, but my relationship causes me to have a religion, a religious way, a religious walk, a religious mindset. But everything that I believe in my religion is based off my relationship. It's based off my relationship with him. That's what the Lord is calling for. That's what Paul is talking about here to the Galatians church, that it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Stop trying to get them into a religion, but get them to understand and believe that it's all about a relationship. Church, that's where we must be at. Believer, unbeliever, those that are listening here today, have a closer walk with him. Have a relationship with him. Don't allow people's opinion to try to pull you in to legalism. Don't allow people's opinion, even if it's your preacher, don't allow their opinion to try to say this is what you must do, this is what's required to do. No, that's legalism. That's not the word of God. Make sure that you have an understanding of the word of God. Make sure that you have an understanding what God is calling for out of your life. And don't live your life based on other people's opinion. But you live your life knowing and believing that God is with you on your side and you follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. May God bless you today. May he keep you. May his blood cover you. We love you until we see you again in Jesus' name.